After a long wait um, from Game Week 7 and the international break, we finally got to Game Week 8. It actually turned out to be quite a defensive heavy um, week for the FPL community. It looks like everybody in the community got defensive clean sweeps, clean sweeps over the past week. So Greg, I saw that you played your wild card. You, you absolutely killed it first time, first time around, first game week after your wild card. How did your week go? Give, give us some details. Hey, Clyde. Yeah, I mean, it's, geez, it's been two weeks. It feels like it's been forever. And, and probably because of the 455 uh, wildcard drafts that I, that I had to put together before I clicked the button. Um, but yeah, it was good. I mean, I started end of game week seven and I had some serious issues in my team by the time game week eight rolled around. Uh, Rudiger injured, uh, Rafinha not going to play, Alonso not going to play. Uh, and then I had some some bullets that I really dodged by because uh, I had Die in my team and he obviously scored an own goal um, and Jimenez who blanked so clicking the wildcard button definitely worked for me uh, I managed to get some some real good picks in there uh, Chilwell with 15 points Cancelo with a clean sheet I've got Trent back another clean sheet uh, Foden in there with uh, with an assist uh, obviously Captain Salah I don't know anyone who who was mad enough not to captain Salah this week, and, and Wilson. So although I had the Antonio and Lukaku blanks and uh, the old one-minute cameo from uh, from James, uh, it was still a great week. And I had uh, the legend Livermento coming in off the bench again to give me another six points when uh, when Zaha was ill. So all in all, I scored 79 points, and really amazing week for my for my whole team because I went from a rank of about 260,000 to 65,000 so into the top 100k and uh, really I feel like uh, my team's in a good place and nicely positioned in the rankings how did it go your side yeah man all I'd say is Mo Salah Mo Salah <laughs> triple captain triple captain on him there he's got me 39 points what an, what an inspired choice. I mean, that's that's yeah. more points than I think I've, I've ever gotten on a triple captain. And, and I usually save them for the double game weeks. So that was really good. Yeah, dude. Look, you know, what? 79 points as well. But I took a hit. So I ended up on 75 points. And I only had 10 players starting for what feels like the, the million time this season. I didn't have a full uh, set of players. Yeah. But, but uh, look... Um, you know, I made the, I took the hit and I brought in Son and Adam Armstrong for Ronaldo and MacArthur. Now I deliberately made those changes because especially with MacArthur, I knew that you know the, the, the ceiling for him is so I mean the floor sorry is so low for him. It's probably gonna come on and get two points at the most. I don't even know if he even played yesterday. But uh, the disappointing part was Adam Armstrong didn't play at all. And we all know about the scare about Son with the COVID, uh, testing positive for COVID and things like yeah. that. So it was such a relief. I found it like an hour after I transferred him in. And at that time, I couldn't even do anything. So I decided I'll just hold him. And um, whatever happens, happens. I'll need my bench to cover him because it didn't make any sense for me to take another hit to remove him. You know, it, it, it was never going to work out that way. And thankfully enough, he played. And to compound that, uh, you know, I had Raul Jimenez. Uh, he didn't start either. He came off for the last two minutes. And, uh, sorry, came on for the last two minutes. But then on the upside is that I had Gray and uh, Saez coming off the bench. And Saez scored, even though he yeah. conceded twice. So I had nine points coming off the bench. So that really, really helped. 
And uh, I suppose it's my fault that I've kind of treated my last bench option, you know, haven't really taken it seriously. So if I did do that there and there are enough players to be able to fill that uh, place, then, yeah, I could have had a full playing 11. But no, no complaints anyway. I'm really happy with my game week. Yeah, it really is the season of, of needing bench cover. Um, I can't say how many times Livermento has came, come off my bench with a, with a clean sheet. And it's now starting to get like your, your second and third bench players are often needed as well. Um, so it really is important to, to have a decent bench. And uh, it's a little bit frustrating at times because you want to put all the money into your, your starting 11. But this just seems to be so difficult with players getting sick um injuries and then obviously the the sort of roulette that we dodge with pep and and now a, a couple other teams as well yeah no uh, de definitely and so it will be interesting to see like you know how i think on the other hand like um having so many budget options and not all of the premiums really firing at the moment is really helping us because then it does maybe allow us to take those punts on the likes of a foden jesus Grealish, you know, those yeah. uh, those risky picks, knowing that you're going to have a full bench. So I think it does have an upside. But I must say for me, like psychologically, it messes with me because I need a clear game plan. And when I have a, a selection headache, it really, really messes me up. And I have one this week now as well. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to decide how I'm going to approach that and, and change my, you know, the way I go about selecting my, my, my starting 11. But uh, yeah, uh, so we've... Uh, um, at least we've both come off good weeks. Uh, again, I know my, my overall rank got halved, like from 563,000 after a few poor weeks. My wildcard is from game week four is finally paid off. I've been talking about it for the last few weeks. And now yeah. I'm down to like 240 or so. And I, and I also feel like my team is in a good place. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be like, I've got a couple of players, you know, eventually I went with, with Chilwell and with James. And with Foden and Cancelo, and and those are the real rotation risks. Those four players, and you know, I just said to myself, I think these players are going to score really highly when they do play, and I don't, I just mustn't be upset if they don't. And that's ultimately what my plan was to have some sort of bench cover. I don't have, I don't have the strongest bench in the world, but I've got guys that are going to play, and if uh, one of those guys, one of the the main players, is is left out or benched. Or get subbed on for some reason. I've, I've I've basically just come to terms with it and and tried. And and my plan for going forward is to to not get upset and just say that's it's my long term plan and and to go with it. Yeah, and I suppose if you're getting two or three points from a four and a half million midfielder, that, that that's that's amazing. I suppose uh, because it, those three points, especially with the ranking so tight at the moment, it makes such a big difference as well. Yeah, it all helps. And I mean, when you've got Livermento just bringing those clean sheets uh, every week, it also yeah. it's also great. Yeah, I started him. I didn't even I didn't even waste time. I didn't even keep him on the bench. I actually started him oversized. That's how confident I was of him. But yeah, awesome. Yeah. So looking ahead to game week nine, can you believe we're in game week nine now? Huh? I know it's so, crazy. Yeah. We, let's talk about captaincy options now. We know we've been building up to game week seven since preseason i suppose knowing that there's fixture swings and so on knowing that lukaku was going to move to chelsea and now all of a sudden i must say i'm not so hot on lukaku anymore i'm not sure if i really want him and that's for a few reasons but i know you've also posted some stuff up on on twitter as well talk us through it what do you think of of lukaku the captain this week 
Well, I must say with my wildcard drafts, I mean, I actually had sun in 90% of them and I kind of came to this this head where I, I didn't really feel like I could fit sun and Lukaku uh, in my squad and have a, a reasonable enough uh, sort of balance in the team. And I didn't know what I was going to do until that news came out that, uh, you know, sun had tested positive for COVID and then my decision was made for me. But, I, you know, you, I just couldn't get around just how good Lukaku's fixtures uh, are coming up. I mean, it was Brentford was always going to be the tougher game uh, in game week eight, but now New, uh, Norwich, Newcastle, and and Burnley. I mean, those are just those are the, the dream three games. So it's very difficult to leave him out. And and when it comes to captaincy, uh, it's quite interesting because I think a few weeks ago my model had Lukaku as as the clear captain choice for game week nine. And uh, as it stands, after after the last few weeks and his and his real poor performance and and, and lack of any points, um, he's dropped all the way down to uh, to tenth spot. Essentially, any Chelsea defender is a better pick, uh, which is just madness. But uh, this is what the model's telling us. And uh, you've got and the likes of Antonio Zaha, um, and and of course the the one that you can you can never ignore, Mo Salah. I mean, he's just been unbelievable. So. I think the, the the discussion this week is really going to be who's going Captain Salah against uh, United and who's going uh, Captain um, Lukaku against Norwich. And it's really a, the classic case of form versus fixtures. Um, and if I look at my model, and that's it's something that I've been looking to to follow as closely as, as possible because the data really does, does know best. Um, Salah's at the top of that list, and interestingly enough, um, it's Chilwell who's 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 the next best best option. And when you think about it, it, it kind of makes sense because the the uh, Chelsea are 62% to keep a clean sheet against Norwich, which is just a, a pretty much the best you can get when it comes to clean sheets. And when you combine that with the fact that that you know he's a guy who's been scoring goals, getting assists. Um, it's just almost the perfect storm if you're gonna if you're gonna go a defender captaincy option. This is probably one of those weeks where you, where you can actually pull it off. And I think the best um, stat out of all of them is that Chilwell, his sub on percentage uh, over the last over this season and last season is zero percent. So if he doesn't start, he's not going to get subbed on. And that's a huge factor when you are facing a little bit of rotation risk. Is that you know if you're going to take a spicy pick. At least you've got that in the back of the mind that if Chowell doesn't play, you've you've still got backup with your with your vice captain choice. Uh, uh, so you so you got your spicy pick in there, with Chowell. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, I actually you know it goes against the way I played. I suppose captaining defenders. It, I I just never got used to doing it. You know, but I can see the upside to it because. That's one of the reasons why I'm not keen on Lukaku and I don't even know if I even want to bring him in because I'll tell you why I'm not I suppose you know you mentioned the form versus fixtures debate but I'm looking at data versus eye test Mm -hmm. and when I look at the way Chelsea is playing I think you know the the fact that their midfield is kind of lacking creativity at the moment they don't have like good they're relying on their defenders to you know the the wingbacks for their creativity and so on and i think the whole lukaku and timo werner up front i don't know if it's just kind of unbalanced the team a little bit but i i think that whole setup 
is not conducive to Lukaku at the moment. And maybe it's a classic case of overthinking it. But that whole thing just leaves me very underwhelmed at the moment. And that is why, like, I'm uh, even though you, I didn't even know that your model went the, the route of making Chilwell the best pick, but... Well, Salah's the best pick, but Chilwell the second Chelsea best, pick, yeah. 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 Yeah, and as as Chelsea being, uh, as a Chelsea player, I suppose, yeah. And it makes so much sense because if you look at it, Chilwell has scored two games in a row. Uh, Rudiger has scored, um, Alonso has scored goals, they've all provided assists. I mean, it, almost every single attacking return is coming from the defenders even. So it just makes, so, there's so much of upside to captaining the Chelsea defenders at the moment. It's just whether you have that risk appetite to yeah. want to go for it. Well, it, it breaks out, it breaks rule number one in FPL, which is never, never captain a defender. Um, but also at the same time, you do have to look at the data and, and Salah is, is, he's a clear choice, but uh, you know, on any other given week, he, he's, he is miles ahead. And if we look at it this week, he's only very, very slightly ahead of, of basically all the Chelsea defenders. Um, so it's, it's something to consider this week. If you are looking for a spicy choice, um, I would say the other spicy choice, um, would be Edward from, uh, Crystal Palace. He's popped up there probably just behind Chilwell. Uh, Zaha's on the list if he's if he's back from his illness. Um, so you, there, there are a couple of options this week that are, that are going to be relatively close, but it really is going to be difficult for anyone not to pick Mo Salah. Um, but the, the other thing I want to say about uh, Lukaku is that uh, I think it was today that Thomas Tuchel was speaking about Lukaku and he was saying that Lukaku is just exhausted and, uh, and he's playing a Champions League game tonight um, it's going to be interesting to see whether there's perhaps a rotation risk now for, for Lukaku on the weekend. You know, if, if the manager is speaking about their player just being exhausted and that's the reason that, the, that he hasn't returned in the last four weeks, um, it kind of hints at a bit of rotation. So if it was a close decision before, for me, I think Lukaku is almost out of the picture as a captain choice. I think uh, the two options that I'm going to be looking at are Salah and Chilwell. And in the back of the mind, I might, there's always that chance of a, of a Zaha punt. But for me, I think it's going to be probably one of the, of the first two. Yeah, uh, and, and that's why I feel the same way as well. Like my, I remember when a few weeks ago when I played my wildcard, I remember I spoke about using Ronaldo as a placeholder for Lukaku. So I can just, it's one transfer. Yeah. And now... I mean, I suppose that's it just shows how you, you can't just book transfers because things change so quickly. And after having like three or four weeks to assess, I, I looked at it and I'm just so underwhelmed. And I was looking at the numbers and I see that, okay, fine, forget the underlines or whatever. Just look at actually what the, the actual numbers. And uh, Raul Jimenez, even though Wolves have been so underwhelming at times, he's just like scored four points less than Lukaku all season. So... Yeah. Um, and and that the price difference, I mean, it 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 does it doesn't even make sense anymore. And when I look at the the amount of options, like and by the way, inspired choice and in bringing Wilson straight back in. I saw that you brought him in. Yeah, in I was ab I was about to say that's 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 an interesting uh, sort of pick on the same subject because you know I would never ever in, in my wildest dreams have brought Wilson in if I just looked at the fixtures. Um, Arsenal, okay, Crystal Palace is a decent one, but then Chelsea, Brighton, uh, uh, the fixtures really don't look look fantastic at all. 
But interestingly enough, he, he was so high up on my model uh, ratings that, you know, time and time again, when I did my, my 455 wildcard drafts, I just, it just didn't make sense not to have him. And it just showed you that um, someone who's a quality player, even though Newcastle are ranked 17th going forward in, in the attacking uh, ratings, um, quality really does is more important than fixtures. Um, so and, and I picked him and he scored and, it's, and, and I think he's one of those guys who just always seems to be on the score sheet always seems to be picking up the bonus points um, what, what an amazing player so I was, I was very chuffed with that pick yeah because you know I hate saying this because I get annoyed when people say I almost did it but I, in, when I was doing my transfers I kind of like I had enough money to do um, Son and Wilson instead but then i chose armstrong so and i'm not gonna beat myself up about it because southampton's fixtures were just so good as well that i thought at six million it you know i may as well just chance it but i'm genuinely looking because now i've been seeing some some noises on twitter as well that adam armstrong might not even reclaim his 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 place in the team next week because you know was it armando Broja who who started and scored yeah he he played so well and I, i didn't see that game but uh, apparently, you know, now it, it it may just be the case where Armstrong might struggle to get his place back in the team. So I'm genuinely considering just bringing Wilson in and uh, as a direct replacement for Armstrong. And I can do it in one free transfer because I have money in the bank as well. But yeah, um, and uh, I suppose against Crystal Palace, would, does Wilson become a, a, a another maybe spicy captaincy option? He, he's not he's actually not he, he's he's all the way down in 20th place so i wouldn't be i wouldn't even consider him for this week i think he's one of those guys that i don't think has an incredibly high ceiling i don't think i i don't think that he's going to be scoring many hat-tricks in in these games uh, just because of newcastle's sort of lack of attacking ability but if newcastle score and they usually get one or two he's almost certainly i mean i think his his goal involvement is is something like 75 percent this season or something ridiculous so you're almost guaranteed to get something out of him um, and that consistency is what is what's putting him high up in the in the rank in the rankings so i have a story about wilson right so last season and you know i spoke just now about the selection headaches right yeah. so remember when we're having all these covert postponements or whatever so i also i tried to be clever about it and and have a strong bench I sacrificed a premium and I strengthened up my bench, right? And the one fixture I ended up benching Wilson and had him as the first option as on my bench and he was playing Palace. And so the game was no, no, right up until like the 80th minute. And funny enough, I had Patrick Van Arnold in my starting 11. And he was, at that time, Van Arnold was on nine points because he clean sheet plus three bonus. And yeah. Wilson scored twice gotten 12 points <laughs> wiped out the clean sheet and patrick van arnold's bonus i'll never ever forget that and that's why like when i think of this fixture year specifically i'm like yeah i may as well just ask the question but yeah so yeah. it's one of those that i just cannot forget because that was like what almost like a that was a massive point swing put it that way <laughs> yeah that that is huge it's tw- 21 point swing or something yeah, yeah. something no like it's big yeah if you i mean if you'd had him versus versus uh van anhalt but yeah exactly i mean maybe we should uh go through the fixtures and uh and actually look at uh 
sort of the games individually and and uh, and see what the best options are there. Yeah. So um, first up is finally we have a Friday kickoff, which is so awesome. Less time to overthink everything, right? And some Friday night football as well. So we've got Arsenal and Villa. So Villa, man, what happened over there against Wolves, eh? Yeah, I mean, just again, like uh, you know, Villa just—they—they they actually were looking pretty, pretty good defensively in the last few weeks, and then uh, just Wolves came, came back out of nowhere in that game, and three-two uh, was a really high-scoring game. So it'll be interesting. I think this week, um, if we look at uh, the the Villa game, um, so we've got Villa versus Arsenal. Um, in terms of goals scored for the fixture it's it, it's sort of middle the middle of the road at, at 2.73 in total uh we've got villa who are projected to score 1.24 goals and arsenal 1.49 so sort of very average average figures i don't think we're going to expect too much excitement out of this one um and yeah i, I don't think there are any players really from either team that we that we're really targeting at this stage i mean i've got ramsdale as keeper um you know hoping for a clean sheet but Arsenal are only 29% to keep a clean sheet and Villa are 23%. So when you look at all of that, there's not much on the attacking side, not much on the defensive side. Um, I don't think, you know, I'm not I don't think I'm too too disappointed to only have Ramsdale in my team out of those two out of those two. Yeah, fair enough, because even when I'm looking at the expected numbers as well, it's all very middling for both Arsenal and uh, and for Villa as well. So yeah, it's for me this fixture is kind of a hard avoid, at, you know, for for this coming game week. And uh, then yeah, the next one is the one I suppose the the talking point that uh, that will continue from the Lukaku captaincy is Chelsea and Norwich. Now, yeah, I, I suppose that's the one that everybody is looking at and. And like you say, maybe trying to double up. And I've seen some people even trying to triple up on Chelsea defenders for this upcoming run. Yeah, so I, I've doubled up personally. I mean, we've got Chelsea at 62%, like I said, to keep a clean sheet. And I, I don't think on any model I've seen anything sort of past 65% on, on any given week. Um, so it's very, it's it's almost as good as you can get. Uh, in terms of goals, uh, Chelsea are projected to score the most goals this week at uh, 2.27. But that's not a crazy high figure. Um, I think it's, you know, if, if City or Liverpool were playing Norwich, I think that figure would be closer to three. So um, we're looking at a decent attacking figure, an amazing uh, defensive figure. Um, and we're not even really, obviously, we're not even considering Norwich assets. So, you know, if, if my advice would be don't captain Lukaku, actually, after after all of this. Um, Chilwell's a, a real real opportunity, I think, um, if you're not going to go Mo Salah. And, yeah, I think the double, double Chelsea defence certainly makes sense. And in terms of rotation risks on these uh, Chelsea defenders, do you not fear that Chilwell could be benched and Alonso comes in? Yeah, there's a huge risk of that. But like I said, Chilwell's uh, sub-on percentage is zero. So yeah. if, if he does get benched, you, you, you basically with the rotation, I think you've got to just accept that it could happen. And if it does, you can't. You just got to hope that you're, you've got enough bench cover to, to sort of replace it. So have you sold yourself on the idea of captaining Chilwell this week or is it something that's still up in the air? You know, I think the armband's firmly on Salah at the moment, <laughs> and it's going to be sort of, do I change my mind at the last minute? I'm going to leave leave that decision for probably uh, late on Friday. Good stuff. 
And then the next one that we also touched on a little bit was Crystal Palace and Newcastle. Now we saw Palace fight back quite well in last night's fixture against, uh, uh, well, not fight back, sorry, Arsenal was the one who scored, yeah. uh, you know, a last minute goal there. But uh, yeah, um, Crystal Palace, Newcastle could be quite an interesting one, yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually third on the list for number of goals in the in in uh, this week's fixtures. So I think we should see see a few goals flying around. Not the best defenses from either side. Um, Newcastle are only at twenty percent to keep a clean sheet. Crystal Palace are at thirty percent, so slightly slightly favoured. Um, but in terms of goals, uh, Newcastle are one point two uh, projected goals. And Crystal Palace 1.63. So I think if anything, um, you're looking at Crystal Palace assets here, and I think uh, you're looking at attackers. And I think the guys to look at are Edward and uh, assuming Zaha's back from illness, um, he would be the other guy that I would go for. He he's in my wildcard team, so definitely was targeting this fixture. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a couple a couple goals from the from the Crystal Palace guys, yes. and hopefully hopefully Wilson comes to the party as well. <laughs> Zai is the biggest troll. He's trolled me every single time. I think we spoke about this a <laughs> yeah. few weeks back. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I live with the emotional scars from that day. So <laughs> yeah, okay. And then uh, interesting one year Everton versus Watford. Now I still have Demari Gray in my team and so he he seems like an interesting one year in this fixture i suppose and then a lot of people still have townsend but uh yeah what do you make of this fixture yeah i think it's heavily obviously heavily favors everton watford looked sort of at, at all over the place um with the new manager claudia ranieri against liverpool but what a, what a baptism baptism of fire to to come up and have to play the, the team that's just an incredible form so i think ranieri will have had, had a little bit of time this week now at least with his team um so they should be slightly more organized but i think everton have to be huge favorites to score goals so i think gray's a good pick he's probably in the top 24 for players this week um i think calvert learns still injured so uh, Decore has actually come out. So there's news come out today that he's fractured his foot. So he's also out. Um, so I think you're pretty much left with Gray or Townsend. And I think both are decent options for this week. Um, on the Watford side, I think I would never rule out Saar to, to score some goals. Um, they seem to be yeah, putting him as the, as the center forward man now in, this new, in the new lineup. So I think he, he should actually you know, flourish a bit, I think, later on once they get their organization together and maybe maybe come across some better fixtures. But for now, I'd be targeting uh, Gray and Townsend. Um, Everton, I think, are 45% to keep a clean sheet, which is really decent, and uh, 1.77 uh, projected goals. Yeah, interesting one over there. So, yeah, uh, I think, uh, you know, this is one of those, where, you know, when I just, like, provisionally set up my team, <laughs> I, I moved Gray off my bench into my starting eleven, but yeah. then it means that I do have some decent players on the bench. So I need to decide again, like I said, selection headache. What I'm going to do with that over there? Yeah, but, I, I would uh, definitely yeah. start. I would definitely start Gray against uh, Watford. I think he's a he's a must have. If he was in my team, he, I wouldn't even wouldn't even cross my mind to bench him. Yeah, definitely. And then Leeds versus Will. So I I held Rafinha. And uh, I, I suppose with good reason because I'm, you know, at 6.5 million, no reason to, there was really no reason for me to be hasty and get mm. rid of him. 
So, but I saw on your fixture, especially on the defensive side, Wolves rank quite high. So what you making of this fixture here? Yeah, so I mean, Wolves are 31% to keep a clean sheet. Leeds are 29%. And interestingly enough, I was quite surprised when I saw this. The, this is this is the snooze fest uh, fixture of the week. Um, all the way down in last place, it's at 2.42 uh, total goals. So I think it's a combination of, of Leeds. Leeds have been quite poor this season um, in general. Uh, and Wolves have been unable to score. So... You've got sort of this combination of, of Wolves can't score and pretty de- you know, relatively decent defence. And Leeds haven't really been shooting lights out. And even though their defence is poor, they're up against a poor attack. So I think I wouldn't expect too many goals. And, you know, it's tough. I think Rafinha, you definitely want to be playing. He, he's just such a class player. And he's, and he's scored some really good goals for Brazil during the break. Um, and he, he will have been well rested now and he'll be back in the side. So... Rafinha is an option to for sure keep, but I wouldn't be expecting a hell of a lot out of this fixture, to be honest. Well, interestingly enough, I was just looking at expected numbers, and in terms of XG, Wolves, they've been ranking quite high since the beginning of the season anyway, mm. but they still, they, they fought. So they have an XG of 12.52, and it's slightly, the variance has slightly improved now. Now they have eight goals. Pro- mostly because of the three days squad <laughs> in this last weekend right so yeah yeah i'll take that with a little bit of a pinch of salt because it feels like a bit of an outlier there as well there's but i mean that, that, that's yeah. that's a shocking delta i mean what is that 66 percent i mean yeah, that's that's right that, yeah. that's incredibly low and you know when when you've got the top teams and uh you know scoring it well over that and I mean, if you look, just have to look at one player like a, a, a guy like Son, who's scoring at, at close to 150, 160 percent of his, uh, you know, of his xG, to know that that's 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 really bad. So, <laughs> but shame. We can, we can't be comparing Wolf to Son. Son is a stepbuster, <laughs> man. He, true, he defies all 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 the odds. So yeah. <laughs> and then on the on the other side of it the, in terms of expected goals conceded wolves are actually the second lowest as well just after city yeah and they have a xgc of 8.05 and they've conceded eight so not bad numbers they either under the circumstances and uh, yeah so it, it's quite an interesting one and i think i mean look wolves are one of the form teams at the moment they've won four of their last five games which is quite interesting as well yeah, so I, I think, like I said, I, I wouldn't be. I mean, it's always possible that you get that outlier where, the, where, the, where you know, a, an early goal is scored and then the game just opens up. But for the most part, I'd expect a, a relatively low scoring game. And yeah, I, I'm glad I jumped off the Wolves' uh, attacking assets, to be honest. I think that uh, they, they really haven't shown much. You know, Huang was, was, was a guy that I was seriously considering for my, for my wild card, um, but I just couldn't see it when, in, in the numbers. Um, and Jimenez as well, although I've got this, I think I've still got this this love for Jimenez of, of two or three seasons ago. He, the numbers just aren't showing up at the moment. Um, you know, it's it's almost, you know, almost, the, it's quite hard from an eye test point of view. You, you would want to pick Jimenez over a guy like Wilson. But when you look at the numbers, Wilson is just so far ahead. Um, and, that, and that's ultimately what you have to go with. 
Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, if if I was wildcarding today, then Raul Jimenez won't even be as part of my team. But it's I've always had other fires to put out, so he yeah. has a stale execution in my team at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, but I I don't think I'll be moving him out imminently. But definitely at some point in time over the next two or three weeks, it it will happen. Yeah, and then. Uh, Looking at Southampton and Burnley, wow. So, um, what, Livramento for another clean sheet there? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how good their defence has been. And uh, Southampton are now 32% to keep a clean sheet against Burnley this week. Um, the, the the game itself is one of the middle-of-the-road ones. So, again, we're not, we're not expecting a huge number of goals. Um, but we've got Southampton at uh, 1.43 and Burnley at 1.16. So Southampton are the favourites. They're, they're reasonably high uh, clean sheet percentage. Um, I mean, it's higher than, than Liverpool's clean sheet percentage, obviously, against United. So I think I think there might be some people actually considering Livermento over, over some of the Liverpool defenders to start. But when you look at the attacking figures, that I would just say... Don't, don't do it um you, you know you've got too much attacking potential from 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 the other guys but livermento is definitely a great option to to have in your team and uh i think a lot of players a lot of people will be considering starting him this week uh, or at least having him you know as that first bench option for cover yeah definitely and Considering how the season has gone so far, he'll probably come off the bench anyway at some point. I mean, yeah, you can you almost predict the clean sheets and they're coming off the bench for someone. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. And then I suppose you you're swerving attacking assets from Southampton for now. Yeah, I, I don't. There's no one numbers wise. You know, I also looked at the fixtures when I was doing my wild card, and uh, Armstrong was in my thoughts, but the numbers just weren't weren't there for me. Um, and doesn't really seem to be any any picks from Southampton or Burnley anywhere in the top sort of 50 players. So for me, it's just, uh, you know, when, when you're looking at any, any sort of decent game week range. So at the moment, I think just, just avoid, um, especially when they start to become rotation risks and they're cheap players, then it's, then it's even worse. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I learned my lesson last week. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, and then into Brighton and City. Now, Brighton have looked good defensively. You know, they out of all the budget goalkeepers, Brighton have have probably had. So, even in terms of defense, they've probably provided the best value at the moment. I would say, well, mm. apart from maybe Brentford, but uh, now they now, now they're probably going to be tested against City. But, I mean, looking at how, I mean, a lot of people expected the game against Burnley to be this massively high-scoring game. And I don't blame blame anybody for, for thinking that. But now Brighton are much stronger defense as well. What, what do you think of City's chances of going big in attack in this game? I don't expect it to be huge. I mean, they, they, their attack is just so good that they're, they're still projected to score 1.8 goals. So... You, you're looking at two to three goals in any in any normal situation. Um, I think that you you're still happily on uh, City assets. You just have to you know play the game of Pep Roulette and hope that your player starts. I think that's the biggest worry out of everything. But uh, clean sheet wise, City are 51%. Uh, 
uh, Brighton are only down all the way down in 17%. So I don't as, as good as their defense has been. You know, when you're playing one of the the, the second best attack in the league uh, behind Liverpool, uh, you know you're not going to expect a clean sheet. So yeah, I think uh, you want to be certainly jumping on the City assets, and I think Brighton's lack of lack of ability to score is is shows through the numbers as well. They they're only projected to score 0.68 goals. So really is like if you've got city defenders you're very happy if you've got city attackers you're very happy it's just a game of pep roulette at the end of the, yeah, end of I the think, day i think i'll go with like you know out of the five defenders and the keeper i'll go triple city triple chelsea and then just <laughs> sort out the rest eh? because the fixtures are so good over the next few weeks it's, yeah it's quite incredible yeah I, I still have Grealish, who's been trolling me for the last six game weeks or so and obviously i think look one of the reasons you know i mentioned earlier that when i did my transfers i deliberately when when i moved ronaldo on was upgrade you know macarthur to somebody who i feel has a better chance of starting or has a higher ceiling which backfired anyway but even then i don't regret the decision because ultimately you know i, I still had one extra player to be able to come on off my bench this past weekend mm. now so it was a deliberate move to have a bigger a, a stronger bench and because at the back of my mind i knew okay rafinha is not playing so i needed to uh, but i was holding and then with Grealish, I, I was kind of like very high chance that he's not going to play i mean we were talking about it but i said if in the off chance he plays fine let me let me have him for one more week i have other transfers that i want to make anyway but now I definitely want to move him out of my team. I think it, it, it doesn't feel like there's any real upside to keeping keeping him anymore. Well, the, the, interestingly enough, I mean, his numbers are incredibly good. He's he's still ranked in in fourth place behind Salah, Mane, and Ronaldo for the for the sixth for the next six weeks. Um, but the the real problem we've got is that. Uh, last season, Grealish was scoring at 140% of his of his expectation, and this season he's at 60%. So, sure, so he, that's quite a big swing. There. It's a massive swing, and 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 that's I think what's what's showing is because you know if he was doing it at a similar rate as last season, he would be absolutely shooting lights out at the moment. Yeah, um, he was so, my long-term hold last season because he was so cheap, yeah. and I remember people started getting rid of him, and I said, you know what? I remember on Twitter as well, I said, just hold him because he almost had like a trend where every third week he was hauling. <laughs> yeah. And it was so amazing. Like as long as you just kept patience with him and, and because of the way he was playing at Villa, if he scored one goal, chances are he was taking all three bonus points and getting like, uh, you know, into the double digits as well. So, yeah, it, look, I suppose it was never going to be that easy to to be able to be a bonus points magnet at City. Mm. But I mean, yeah. I, I th yeah, I think I think he's. It's interesting because I think you know in FPL there's always that that factor that you want to pick the guys that are in form. And so you know I, I don't disagree with you that rotating rotating him out is not a bad option. You want to, you want to stick with the guys that are really in form and producing the numbers. So until he until that form sort of turns, I, I do feel like it is just a matter of time, and it will. But maybe, maybe until that happens, it's it's a case of waiting for for some of that form to show. Um, and interestingly, now with with Gundogan back from injury, he could become a real option because he's a, he's a bit cheaper. He's seven point two million, 
and uh, I think he's a little, you know, he's sort of similar with, with Grealish in terms of I think he'll start a lot of the games. Um, so I think there might be a lot of people rotating into Gundogan. Um, and the only other real option seems to be Foden. So I, I'm not, the only thing that concerns me, I've got Foden in my team, but I'm, I'm very concerned about rotation with Foden. I don't know how many games he's going to play. I think three out of four, maybe, I think four out of five would be pushing it. Um, so it's you know if he even plays three out of four, I think I'll be I'd, I'd be quite chuffed. Yeah, and 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 Gundogan also plays false nine, and um, the funny thing is that Jesus has been playing out wide and he's the natural number nine, and they've been still persisting with the false nine for formation, which I found quite interesting there. But yeah, I agree with you. I think if it was the likes of somebody like a Cancelo, a Diaz. You know, those type of rotation risk where you know, okay, even if they miss the game, the upside of it is that the games they do play, you're probably going to be in the points and it makes it worth holding. But yeah. like with Grealish, the most I've got out of him was three points when when he, they got clean sheets, you know. So, yeah, I, I think uh, his time is up. I'll definitely be moving him out of my team this week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think also Cancelo and, and Diaz this season, I think you're going to get eight nine out of ten games from them uh, quite easily in a row um so the rotation risk uh, with with mendy out is has been reduced greatly on the back line it was interesting to see dios got got rested because no i think no one really expected that everyone everyone expects him to play every single game um and i think cancelo for this week might be a slight rotation risk um since everyone else in the back line has, has sort of had a break but it just goes with the goes with the thing. I'm not I'm not going to sell Cancelo if he misses this week. Then I know he's he's good for the next four type of things. So I, I yeah. think I'll test out my hot streak of bringing in defenders just for them to get left out and see <laughs> if it's Cancelo. <laughs> yeah, that that will be quite an interesting one. And then next one is uh, Brentford and Leicester. So Leicester, my goodness, what happened there? They they all of a sudden they decided to shoot the lights out with the with the attacking play, and uh, defensively they they still just look as crap as ever, because you know since I, I broke Michael you know somehow <laughs> um, he, he keeps on conceding two goals every single game so far since I've had him he's conceded exactly two goals every game. She's now um, look so uh, no no luck over there but. This is quite an interesting one because now you have Leicester who have been so iffy throughout the whole season up against a Brentford team who have been really good and Brentford have a great run of fixtures. They also got the magic three afterwards, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich coming up after the Leicester game. So that's quite an interesting one. Yeah, I think it's time to, to target the Brentford guys. Honestly, the, the Mbwemo and, uh, and Tony look really, really good. Uh, um, Boemo has hit, hit the woodwork six times yeah, this season. Yeah, he should go I mean, into carpentry or something with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely crazy. I think, I think it's just a matter of time between those two get returns. And I think this is the point, you know, if, if I could do it, I think I'd, I wouldn't even wait until next week. I'd be bringing them in this week against uh, Leicester's defence. Uh, Leicester are only 28% to, to get a clean sheet. I think uh, Brentford are 22%. So I think we're going to see some goals. And it's, it's ranked as the fourth best fixture goal-wise. Goal uh, Brentford at 1.28 is is around average, and uh, Leicester at 1.52 is above average. So um, you can't count out Vardy. He just the man just never stops scoring. Uh, no one ever seems to put him in their teams. Uh, I, I mean, it's just a question of like, how do you get get him into your squad? Because 
he really is fantastic. So I, if, if anything, you know, if you can fit him in, I think definitely go for a guy like Vardy, and then Mbwemo and Tony for the next uh, next probably. Let's have a look here: Leicester, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, Everton, Spurs. I mean, I, I wouldn't not want to have at least one of them for all of those fixtures. So I think pick pick your poison. Uh, either Tony or Mbwemo, they're both fantastic value. And in terms of the defensive options, like David Raya has been quite offering quite good value from a goalkeeping perspective. I mean, he's been the best value goalkeeper for, I think, maybe him and Ramsdale and Sanchez. It's it's, it's them three. Yeah. But because of this run of fixtures, do you think Raya becomes an option or would you decide to go for somebody like uh, Pinnock or, the, um, or, or someone like that in from the defence? Yeah, I think they're both options, um, Raya and Pinnock. Uh, Brentford have gone from uh, a championship side to, to being ranked fifth in defence for the next six fixtures. So yes, they've got a decent fixture run, but I mean, that's that's quite impressive to be to be fifth on the list for expected clean sheets for the next six games. They're, they're doing something right. So I think they're def- I think you can consider consider almost tripling up in Brentford just because of the pure value you're getting. Um, you know, defender and, and a couple of uh, defender, a midfielder, and a striker, or, or a goalkeeper. They've got all the positions covered as well. So, whatever your team needs, I think uh, Brentford is probably the place to look. Yeah, definitely, because I've been shortlisting all of my Grealish replacements, my you know Adam Armstrong, just Brentford, 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 all over mm. the place. You know, so yeah, it definitely it's 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 definitely players that I'm targeting. I'm not sure about tripling up, but definitely I look <laughs> to get at least pro- definitely one, maybe two of them. Yeah. But but yeah. And then uh, West Ham and Spurs. So uh, I think it was last season during this fixture where uh, Kane and Son, um, they they had a great time out. Um, And then um, Son, I think I've made my feelings clear. I'm not bringing in Lukaku because the only way I can get Lukaku in is if I remove Son. And I'm not willing to do that because Son is my stat buster. Now, now this is an interesting fixture because West Ham haven't looked great defensively. Spurs haven't looked that great defensively either. But um, yeah, uh, talk us through this one. Yeah, so this is number two uh, in terms of goals projected for the weekend. Um, so second best fixture goal-wise, three, 3.01 goals projected. Um, we've got West Ham at 1.6, which is you know decently above average. Spurs at 1.4. Um, so I think we're going to see goals here in, the, in in this fixture. I don't expect uh, you know clean sheets. Spurs at 20%, West Ham at 25%. It's not conducive for, for a game that's going to end 0-0. So I think you're happy if you've got Sun, Kane, um, in, in terms from the West Ham side, I think Antonio, you know, you you, you can never count him out. People are starting to transfer him out saying that, it, you know, that, that, his, that his form's turned, but... A couple of couple of blanks don't don't make don't make a, a form turn for me. I think you've I mean, got to be patient. What, what are people expecting from an from a seven point? Well, he started at seven point five, but from an yeah. eight million forward. I mean, he's not like it's he's blocking anybody from you know getting into your team. It's a different case. If if a premium forward is performing like that, you know, then you there's there's alarm bells, you know. But for for 7.58 million i mean i i just keep hold and and decide look you know what whatever i get out of him is a bonus 
Yeah, I think he's a hold for now for sure. If, if, you, if you're going to consider getting rid of Antonio, I think it's a big risk. And you probably want to do it maybe around game week 11, game week 13, when, the, when he starts to play Liverpool and, and City, City especially, because they're, they're one of the best defences at the moment. Um, you know, so I think it's Liverpool, Wolves, City, Brighton. So you're playing four of the best defences uh, in, in, in four weeks there. So if anything, that's where you're going to start considering it. But... For now, Spurs and Aston Villa, I think you're ha- very happily holding on. And uh, probably probably a season-long hold uh, unless something changes because he's just, like you said, such quality. And he's staying fit, which yeah. is quite an important thing as well. Yeah. And then the, the, the big fixture, the one we're all waiting for, you know, is uh, Liverpool travelling to Old Trafford. Now you've mentioned Salah is still being top of the rankings as the captaincy pick. But obviously, you know, a lot of us have Trent Alexander-Arnold in our teams. Some yeah. people might have the likes of Ronaldo and Greenwood in their team still. Yeah, uh, what, what do you make from... Let's start with the defensive options because I think that's the one that people will be most interested in understanding how to handle. Do, do we bench them? Do we start them? Yeah, it's it's tough this week because this is this is the number one goal fest fixture. Um, Three point two seven goals uh, projected. This is going to be an absolute cracker of a game. Um, we've got Liverpool at one point nine six goals projected, which is just huge against a side like Man United. But Man United's defence has been nowhere this season, uh, and United projected at one point three one. So I, I don't exactly expect clean sheets from from the Liverpool side either. Uh, Liverpool are only at 27% and United at 14% for clean sheets. So I think this is going to be goals, goals, goals. And what do you do with a guy like Trent? Because if they're goals, Trent's likely to be involved, right? So now, now you're deciding who, who am I going to bench? Can I really bench a guy like Trent? Imagine I, benching I, a premium defender. It's yeah. just a, it, it goes against everything about the way we play the game. But it just yeah. it just it just doesn't make sense to me. I think I think regardless of of the low clean sheet potential, I think you you've just got to go with a guy like Trent. It's so likely that he's going to get something out of one of those attacking returns. Um, and if you and if you sneak in a clean sheet, then it's just a bonus. But don't forget that a guy like Trent, he, if he assists, he scores, he gets those bonus points as well. So. I think to bench him is just madness. I, think I mean, he, I against think you've got Chelsea, to go with him. I think there was mitigating circumstances because Chelsea got that that yellow card. I mean, the red card, Reese James, right? Yeah. But even without the clean sheet, Trent picked up. I think was it uh, two bonus points during that game, which I found quite interesting as well. So yeah, like he did two, he's so, two bonus points. Yeah, and he's, he's so involved in the game that he can even pick even if there's no clean sheet, he is potentially a bonus points magnet as well. Yeah, big time bonus point magnets. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be considering that. Especially, I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, I've got Levermento, he's playing Burnley. You know, they've got a better chance of a clean sheet. But go, don't don't bench Trent. It's just it's going to end badly for you. And then game week nine to game week thirteen is a massive run for Manchester United. So, is it time for people to start uh, selling their Manchester United assets now if they haven't done so already? Look, I think it's, uh, you know, like we, we spoke about this fixture turn for United and it was always going to be tough. And I think uh, the manager's under huge pressure at the moment. I think if he doesn't, you know, get some results soon, I think his time is, 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 is going to be limited. So they've got Liverpool, Spurs, City, 
They've got Watford wedged, wedged in there, which is going to be a great fixture. But then they've got Chelsea after that and Arsenal. I'm, I'm not going to say Arsenal is going to be a tough fixture because Arsenal haven't been great this season. But things for, things for United start start picking up from game week four, 14 against Arsenal. So I think that's when you can start rotating back in. But for the moment, I think there's no, there's no clear United asset that you want in your team. Ronaldo's way too expensive. He doesn't score against top six teams. We, we spoke about that earlier in the pod. Last season, he hardly scored a goal against a top six team. And that was in Serie A. So when you start to look at uh, a comparison for, for, I think, Premier League teams, you know, I'm not going to see Ronaldo scoring many goals against the top 10, in my opinion. Um, so I, th- I would be targeting the, the real bottom, bottom fixtures with a guy like him. And I don't think there's another clear option. You don't want to touch their defense at the moment. So I think you're just going to be sort of rotating out and waiting for the for the turn. And uh, if, if he's not a rotation risk, uh, someone like Greenwood, with, at the price he is, is he somebody possibly worth holding because he's so cheap? He's been incredible. And like he was my pick at the beginning of the season to, to outscore Bruno. Um, and it worked fantastically for me. But I, I got rid of him last week and... Uh, he, he scored this weekend, but it, I was, uh, there was no regrets in my decision. I think the, the fixture run is just going to be too tough. Um, there is a slight rotation risk with him, although he really seems to be showing his, his quality. Um, I would just be waiting for, that, for that, those fixtures to turn, and then maybe he, him or Ronaldo are the options to, to bring back in, or both. Awesome. Well, we've uh, wrapped up going through all of the fixtures. So yeah, let's hope to more points. I'm hoping that I can keep up this year because I feel like I got bailed out by the triple captain of Salah and I, uh, well, I suppose the defense bailed all of us out this week, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I think that was quite a, it's a bit of an anomaly if you think of it because with the amount of clean sheet points flying around, it was was quite amazing. But uh, it was a very, very high percentage of teams which just had so many players or defenders with clean sheets in it. Yeah, there there have been. I mean, if we speak about clean sheets, my model predicted uh, 45 clean sheets so far in the first eight weeks, and they've already been 49. So um, it's definitely a season that uh, the the clean sheets are outperforming for the first eight game weeks. Whereas the goals, um, you know, I projected 220 for the first eight weeks, and they've only been 214 scored. So slightly fewer goals and more clean sheets, which which makes sense. But Clean sheets, I mean, f- four more than projected is, is, is pretty big for, for an eight-week range. So it definitely it seems to be the season of Defenders so far. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, we'll catch up next week um, uh, to, and hopefully we have as good news as this week, I suppose. And yeah, all the best <laughs> to everybody for the upcoming game week. Yeah, good luck and hopefully green arrows. Uh, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the footy this week, Clyde. Thanks. Awesome. Cheers, man.